Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a great day today. Welcome into episode three of season three of the Sweet Seats podcast, produced by the sports broadcasting class here at Lake Orion High School. I'm your host, Aiden Novak, alongside Colin Ensminger, Rocky Arredondo, and Zach Parks. And fellas, we got a lot of football to talk about today. Let's start on the college side of things. The big noon Saturday game between Michigan and Penn State. I want to talk about that start. I'm a huge Michigan fan here, so I'm very happy about the win for Michigan. Big one in Happy Valley. How did you guys feel about it? Rocky, Uh, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I feel really good about it just because, I mean, like this team, a lot of people have been giving us crap about it because we haven't played anyone. And then we go into Happy Valley. We have this 24-15 to win where our run game just really takes off, and we honestly just pounded them. I know. Not throwing a pass in the second half is crazy. Colin, I know you're a big Michigan fan. What were your thoughts? love it um proving ourselves like because they say we don't play nobody they say that we're frauds they say that again we don't play nobody and then we go into penn state we win we win in happy valley it's crazy and it's not even just a win it's a dominating win like we don't have we didn't have harbaugh penn state never had a lead too like without harbaugh penn state never had a lead it was it just felt amazing watching the game it was it was great zach your thoughts I'm a Michigan State fan, but that was a very big win for Michigan. And uh, J.J. McCarthy always doing their thing, his thing. Uh, Corum always running the ball as great as he does. And then uh, going into one of the loudest stadiums, that's a big win for Michigan. I know. Um, yeah, J.J. McCarthy, like I said, not throwing a single pass in the second half. I bet you weren't. You honestly couldn't have been too happy with that result, though. Being a State fan, you couldn't have been too happy about that. No, especially after – Watching the 7 o'clock game with Michigan State <laughs> and Ohio State, not happy Ouch. that day. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in a minute. Um, I just wanted to bring up one other thing. Um, obviously, the J.J. McCarthy thing, but Harbaugh, he has a hearing on Friday. Really? Mm. He does. He has a hearing on Friday at 9 a.m. about the sign-stealing stuff. And I honestly think all this sign-stealing stuff is just a bunch of crap. I, I, I don't think it's gonna go anything against Michigan I'm not a fan so I think Harbaugh is gonna win this hearing I think Michigan's gonna win this hearing and I hope the punishment gets lifted but I doubt it I just I don't think it'll go any further than the three game suspension what do you guys think is gonna happen with this um you know it's it's really unfortunate but with this hearing on Friday and you know it's just this is such, like, bad timing for us because we have our three, like, biggest games of the year. Absolutely. Penn mm-hmm. State just played, and without our head coach, I mean, we really did play really well, but you can still kind of tell that there's something missing. And uh-huh. Ohio State coming up, just it's going to be really tough for us, I think, but I feel like this team is really just going to persevere through it all, and I guess we'll see what happens. I hope so. They're really uniting. Like, I think this sign-stealing thing um, with Harbaugh, I think it's just bringing the whole, like, Michigan fan base, the team, the university as a whole together. Like, they're bringing them even closer. So I think it's even more motivation for Michigan, which I really like, but I also hate not having our head coach. Yeah. Colin? It is that missing piece. Harbaugh is that missing piece, and you can really tell. But Sharon Moore is doing a great job, like he did with Penn State. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Zach, what are your thoughts, Sparty? Yeah, yeah, like you said, I think that it's just bringing the team all, like, all to a hole. They were at the hockey game, and uh, the whole Michigan stands were just saying, uh, free Harbaugh. Free Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing, <laughs> but, right when they walk in. But bias to Michigan State again, I hope something he does get punished. 
That's gator grease. Right there. That's absolute gator grease. I cannot. No, he should not get punished. I, he didn't know anything about it. Why would he get punished for something he didn't know about? Connor Stallions acted thing. alone. He did act alone. All right, let's get off the Michigan topic. Um, let's jump to some other big games this weekend. Um, how about Georgia Ole Miss? Georgia oh stomps Holy Ole Miss in between the hedges. Like, I was not expecting that. I thought Ole Miss was going to go in there and fight, but – Georgia absolutely stomped them Ole this Miss weekend. did fight for a while, but again, this is why Georgia, I think, is a consensus number one team. I'm a Michigan fan, but I think Georgia is a consensus number one team. They have the most complete team in all of CFB or college football, and yeah, they're, they're just complete. Brock Bowers is back. Carson Beck is good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I completely agree. Rocky, what are your thoughts coming from another Michigan fan? Um... You know, I still kind of got that sting in me from when we played them in the yeah. college football playoffs and yeah. they destroyed us. But mm-hmm. I honestly, this is an insanely good team, I think. And I do agree that they should be number one. But I mean, Jackson Dart for Old Miss quarterback, just like a lot of people were expecting him to come in. Everyone thought he was good. But I <laughs> guess against that Georgia defense, like 10 for 17, 112 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Like, Crazy. Just, you got to do better. Yikes, I know. Zach, how yeah, do you feel about Georgia? Georgia defense is just very, very good. Most defenders from Georgia that go to the NFL, they're just always dominant. I don't know. They they slaughtered Ole Miss, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, speaking of that, them all going to the NFL, I thought Georgia was going to take a huge step backwards this week. I'm not even going to lie. I thought they were just going to take a massive like step backwards, especially on defense, because they lost basically their whole starting defense to the NFL. Yeah. I didn't know who they were bringing back. I didn't think they were bringing back anybody crazy good. <laughs> they proved me wrong. Yeah. They proved me <laughs> They're proving dead wrong. wrong. They're proving everybody wrong right now. Uh, it's kind of upsetting because I want to see number one next to Michigan for one week, but that's not going to happen for a while. Unless they beat Ohio State. If, if they yeah, beat Ohio State, State yeah. then. If we do beat Ohio State, that one will be next to Michigan. Yep. Yeah, that game is going to decide the number one team in the country, and there's no doubt in my mind about that. Speaking of Ohio State, Zach, I'm sorry. They <laughs> trounced your Spartans. Yeah. They went munchkin hunting this past week, man. Ooh. Ohio State absolutely slaughtered Michigan State. They were up, what, like 28 nothing at halftime? It wasn't even a game ever. I want to hear your thoughts about it coming from a Spartan. I mean, tough loss, you know, <laughs> very tough loss. <laughs> well, we knew that was going to happen, though, because 10-0 or 9-0 going into that game, Spartans, what, 2-6? Two and, two and yeah, your Spartans yeah. are a beacon of utter failure yeah. right now, man. They are terrible. I'm not going to lie to you. They are a disgrace to the Spartans, <laughs> Spartan family. <laughs> Rocky. Oh, I couldn't be happier right now. I mean, as much as I want to see Ohio State get absolutely destroyed – Michigan State getting absolutely destroyed, it's got to be second best. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I it was a good game, I guess. <laughs> what happened was what I expected. So I mean, everybody expected that. I mean, Ohio State went in as like 31-point favorites. So. Yeah. And, I mean, it does put Michigan and Ohio State on an absolute collision course right now. Like I said, number one in the country is basically on the line, potentially the national champion on the line with that game. Colin, how do you feel? Both uh, teams 10-0. Both teams 10 and 0. We are Michigan is I don't know how to put it, but two really really dominant teams going into the big house week 13. It's always a crazy game. It's always a crazy game, but it's going to be even crazier this year because so much more is on the line. Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot on the line last year, but this year it's going to be like so much. I keep seeing these things on social media where it says like 
the stakes and the motivations for Michigan and Ohio State this year is crazy. Like Ohio State losing two years in a row to Michigan, Michigan with the sign stealing thing, Ohio State potentially being tied to the Michigan sign stealing thing, number one versus number two potentially, national championships potentially on the line. It's so crazy what's at stake this year and what the motivations are. To be fair though. Michigan beating Ohio State two years in a row has restored the rivalry, in my opinion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. After, what, a decade of losing to Ohio State Eight years straight? Was it? That was miserable. That's half of our entire lives. Absolutely. Like, that's so miserable. It's so nice to see our Wolverines finally start winning again. But um, since those are the top teams in the country, I want to talk about the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight at 7 p.m. What do you think they're going to look like, guys? Because I personally think. Georgia's going to jump Ohio State this week. Absolutely. They have to after they just slaughtered a top 10 team in the country. Georgia's got to jump Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Rocky? Um, yeah, I think that Georgia is going to probably be one. Ohio State, I think, will still be ahead of us, unfortunately, at two. But we'll be at three. And then there's a lot of this contention for who's going to be at four. A lot mm-hmm. of people think, like, Florida State, Washington – like, all these different teams, but personally, I think it's probably going to be Florida State. I mean, they've had, like, a great season. Like, last year they were okay, but this year they've been really good. Absolutely. And they've played mm-hmm. some amazing teams and had some amazing, like, wins. And I'd be honestly pretty excited if I saw, honestly, either of those teams, Washington or Florida State, in the college football playoffs. And I don't know. It's just going to be a good one this year. I'd be pretty happy to see either of them in. But honestly, I think Washington would jump Florida State. Um, Florida State, like, yes, they've played a decent amount of good teams, but so has Washington. And the teams that I guess both teams really is, can go for both teams, when they play those not-so-great teams, like those below-average teams, they struggle. Like Florida State this past week playing Miami, they only won by seven. Washington, they played Utah, they're a good team, they only won by seven. So just for that win alone, though, I think Washington jumps Florida State this week just because – Washington played a better team, and they got the win. I think Washington has a better resume than Florida State. I agree. They've played. I think they've played more ranked teams, right? They they, played, de- they had to. They played Utah. They played Oregon. They played. Who US, they played USC, USC when they were still ranked. USC. And that Oregon game, that was a huge crazy. One. But still, I I honestly think Oregon's still the better team. I just think Washington caught them on the not so greatest day for Oregon, and they ended up it was, pulling out the win. It was in Seattle, though. So. It was in Seattle. Um, Oregon didn't play their best game. No. So I still think Oregon's better than Washington, but I still think Oregon's kind of kind of be down there at like the sixth spot. They're just kind of stay where they are. Five six, yeah. Like they're not gonna jump any of those ten and O teams. No. Zach, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have to go with you guys. I think Washington will jump Florida State, and then the top top three are obviously gonna be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. In or in that order? Yeah. Yeah. Florida Florida State does have Keon Coleman, their go-to guy, so you never know what can happen between those two teams, Washington and Florida State. Washington probably will jump them, though. That's kind of my hope just because, like, they had that better win. That's my thing is they had that better win. Um, all right, actually, let's um, switch topics here. Let's go to a higher level of play. Let's start talking about the NFL. Seems like game-winning field goals, oh they, seem, they seem to be a common theme this whole weekend. Even our hometown Detroit Lions, their kicker, Riley Patterson, he had a game-winner of his own against the Chargers. But, um, you know, since we're, past that, since we're past the halfway point in the NFL season now, I want to hear your guys' playoff, playoff brackets, like what you guys think the playoffs are going to look like and who your big Super Bowl favorites are. Colin, I'm going to start with you on this one. My big Super Bowl favorites 
have to be hot take here, but the Ravens and the Eagles. The I think Ravens and the Eagles. The Ravens are probably one of the more complete teams in the NFL right now. The Chiefs are always good. The Chiefs have been good. But I think the Ravens will jump them based on how hot they are. They did just lose to the Browns, but yeah. they have been hot otherwise. Uh, but then again, you never know. This kind of a loss, though, to a division rival at home, this could spark a little cold streak. I agree. I, know, I Any don't given know, Sunday. Man. Any given Sunday. Exactly. Any given Sunday. And that division is wide open. We were just talking about oh, yeah, this absolutely. before the show. That division is absolutely wide open. All four teams with winning All winning four records. teams with winning records. Anybody can be anybody. A ton of talent in that division. And, yeah, I think the Ravens are definitely a Super Bowl contender. I don't know if i put them in as a Super Bowl favorite. They're definitely a contender, but like I, I said before, hot take though. I get it, yeah, hot take, but like I said, not exactly a favorite in my opinion. I agree with the Eagles, 100%. I agree with the Eagles, but um, not the Ravens personally. Rocky, how about um, you? Honestly, I'm thinking more 49ers. Really? Yeah, they've had a rough couple of last like three weeks, but this Sunday, I mean, they really pulled out a good win. And I really think that they, like, kind of came back as an organization and it really just as a really, like, well-playing team. I mean, yeah, but still, you, gotta, you do have to take into account that three-game skid that they had, especially losing to the Vikings in that skid. I mean, the Bengals is a respectable loss, but the Vikings? I mean, really? They didn't even have Justin Jefferson when they lost to him. I mean, seriously. Rocky, I, would you say that the Niners are back? Yeah, I would. No, no, they are not back. They just won one game. It's one game. I agree with Aiden. I don't think they're back either. They're w- it's one game. That's what I'm saying. It's one game. Um, Zach, what are your playoff thoughts otherwise? I already know we have to put the lines up there because they're, <laughs> they're just the dominant team. Very dominant. Um, I'm in Ron St. Brown always having big games for us. Uh, our running backs are just very, very dominant as well. We have – Backup after backup that we could just keep putting in. Um, who else do we got? We got Ravens, of course, probably will be up there in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And like you guys said, there's just so many, uh, like the, what is it? The, what are we trying to say here? <laughs> like, like <laughs> one of the winning records. Yeah, the winning records. Yeah, a lot yes. of winning records. Yes. yes, absolutely. There's a ton this year, and especially like the Lions. Like, they're making history right yeah. now in their franchise. I think this is the first time since, what was it, 2011? 11. 2011, <laughs> since the Lions have started the season 7-2. and two. That is crazy. And people, keep, people would always keep saying, same old Lions, same old Lions, <laughs> but they just keep winning now. I think these are the brand-new Lions with the Dan Campbell that we've got now, the team that we've got. Like Zach said, the running backs, absolutely d- destructive in the backfield. David Montgomery rushing for 100-plus yards last week. Um, Jameer Gibbs with a couple touchdowns. Like, Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs especially, he's come out of his shell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That Raiders game was his quote-unquote breakout game, if you will. Um, I think he's really come out of his shell since then, especially with David Montgomery being out for those past couple weeks. He's back now, but he's been out for the past couple weeks. Gibbs seen more touches. Um, breaking out. I'm really happy to see Gibbs finally um, being what we kind of expected when we drafted him in the first round. Absolutely. What's your opinion on Gibbs? Jameer Gibbs is a great back. I will say that. He is a dual threat. That's what he did at Alabama. That's what he's going to do in the pros. He is a dual threat, and he can run. He can, he can run. He is run. fast. He is explosive. And 
he's powerful. He's the type of dude to put his head down and just work. Mm. He is, but he's, like you said, he's that dual threat. He's got that ability to bounce it outside. I think David Montgomery is obviously more their bruiser back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'll run it up, he'll run it up the middle every time. Like He'll be that guy to just get you three yards in a cloud of dust, like Michigan football. Yeah. That's how was, they play. When David Montgomery was with the Bears last year, he had the most broken tackles in the league. They called them the bowling ball. <laughs> I never heard that before. They call him the bowling ball? Yep. That's amazing. But, yeah, with that one-two punch in the backfield, Montgomery oh, yeah. being the bruiser back, usually he'd be the one that scores all the touchdowns, but Gibbs is starting to get more. Gibbs is that elusive back. Oh, yeah. He's their outside running back. He's like the outside runner, the receiving back. Mm-hmm. He'll catch more passes than David Montgomery, and he'll also get to the edge a lot more than David Montgomery. He'll be able to use his breakaway speed more often and his elusiveness on the outside. Whereas, like I said, David Montgomery is that up-the-middle kind of guy. He's still got that ability to break one loose. He's still got enough speed to do it, as we saw last week with a 75-yard touchdown run. But I think Jameer Gibbs is definitely more capable of it because he's not the guy that's just like they're three yards in a cloud of dust back. Uh He's like their make-a-play-on-the-outside back. Absolutely. Both backs just keep their feet moving like – the announcers even show it out like they zoom in on the feet and their feet are just consistently moving and that's how they get their touchdowns the cuts that the main yeah. the cuts that they make especially jameer gibbs like yeah. it's absolutely great, ridiculous. it's great to see the spread david montgomery last game against the chargers had 12 carries jameer gibbs had 14 it's pretty even it's pretty yeah, evenly distributed even. like that's what i mean gibbs is getting more work even with montgomery back he's getting a lot more touches now and Montgomery is not just, like, the number one back. I think they're starting to form into kind of a 1A, 1B uh-huh. instead of, like, an RB1, RB2. Yeah. I think they're RB1A and RB1B now. Mm-hmm. But aside from the running backs, how about Jared Goff? Oh, my The Lord. consistency of that man. He had a 68% completion percentage last week. He had 333 yards. Two or three touchdowns, right? Two. Two touchdowns. Um, just – that's all the Lions can ask for right now. The dominant running game they've got, they just need him to be the consistent quarterback that can just make the throws when they need to. And he has proven that he can do that, which I'm very happy about. How do you guys feel? Like Jared Goff's play and just the offense in general. feels amazing. Yeah, our offense is very tough. Uh, Dan Campbell always <laughs> always wanted to go for it on fourth down, one of them leading to a touchdown. Love it. Very, very, very. Those two teams were the top two teams that go for it on fourth down. So uh-huh. very good game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I'm so happy with the Lions right now. Couldn't really, like, be mad about anything except for maybe our defense didn't play great, but <laughs> let's just pretend that didn't happen. But, I mean, Jared Goff, a lot of people were trying to ship him out of town after his first season with the Lions, and, I mean, even I was. Like, I thought he was this horrible QB. Everyone was trying to get rid of him. And then last year, he really just kind of started making plays again. And he's just been, like, such a great QB, so consistent – Never really has, like, very many bad games, and he's just always, like, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, the Lions don't need that guy like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen to sling it 60 yards down the field all the time. They just need that guy that can be there for, like, your short passes or your third downs that just kind of lead slow, methodical drives because that's what the Lions like to do is to be slow and methodical by running the football and Jared Goff making the plays when he needs to. It's the trust in your wide receivers and in their ability to catch and run. It's absolutely the trust uh-huh he's just he's got trust in everybody oh know? absolutely especially his tight ends how about sam laporta oh my mm-hmm. lord has so much trust in that man as a rookie like he's yeah. built so much trust in half a season 
Top then, three tight end in the NFL right now. Yes. Top two. Top two? Yes. Really? I'm taking and him over Mark Andrews. And he's not Andrews. two. He's number one. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on a minute. That's that's a bit bold, <laughs> down, all right? Calm down, calm down. You only say that because Kelsey's dating Swift right <laughs> yeah, now, and yeah, that just yeah, kind of yeah. brought him down a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah, just the way Sam Laporta has been, too. Like, he's been really good. He's We've gotten, like, they've gotten so many more weapons. Like, but last year they just had Amon Ross St. Brown. Now you got... Sam Laporta, Josh Reynolds is starting to get a little bit of a bigger role. Kali Freeman starting to get a little bit of a bigger role now. Uh, they just got Donovan Peoples-Jones at the trade deadline. Welcome back to Michigan. Loved that dude at Michigan. Love him even more now that he's in Detroit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of uh, how we've been talking about the Lions. Let's go back to the playoffs here. Um, we kind of had our Super Bowl favorites. I want to see, like – Kind of what the rest of the playoffs are going to look like for you guys. Wild like card? we are, yeah, kind of like the lower rounds, yeah, the wild cards. Like we've got our top seeds, like got the Eagles up there, we have got the Lions up there in the NFC, we've got the uh, obviously the Chiefs up there in the AFC, the Ravens. Who do you guys are think going to like be your dark horses that are just going to sneak in there and just kind of give everybody a scare, maybe make a little bit of a run? I got two in the NFC: Cowboys, Seahawks. Cowboys are not going to make a run. <laughs> I don't no. think they're going to make they're, a run. They're, I mean, they're going to make it to the division. They're obviously going to make the playoffs. Like, there's no way they're not making the playoffs, but you know how they are in the playoffs. Maybe they win one game, <laughs> and then it's just... Yeah. <laughs> they choke every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with the Seahawks, though. They could definitely be a scary team. They beat the Lions this year. They they're did. one of the Lions' two losses, and... Um, they score a lot of points usually. Like, oh yeah. I mean, Geno Smith's been iffy recently, but I think he'll find his rhythm again. They'll start scoring a lot of points, and their defense has been holding up decently. Their defenses. Devin yeah. Devin Witherspoon on their defense, absolutely locked down corner as a rookie. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous watching him play. I saw him lay a hit uh, against who was it? I think it was the Falcons a couple weeks ago. They were playing at home. Devin Witherspoon. Hit a dude coming across the middle, absolutely flipped him over. Like, he literally did a full flip yep. after he hit him. Like, Devin Witherspoon's been lethal in their defensive backfield. But, yeah, I agree with the Seahawks being in there. They could definitely make make a run, scare some teams a little make some bit. Noise. They could definitely make some noise, yeah. I don't know about a Super Bowl run, but Mm-mm. they'll make some noise. Um, Rocky, do you got any sleepers? This is going to be a, quite a bold statement, but the Vikings – I what? think that the Vikings Whoa. might sneak in there maybe in one of these last games of the season. Of course, not against us. Maybe in Week 17 they can pull something off, but... They better not beat the Lions. <laughs> hey. They played... The, the Vikings and Lions play Week 16 and Week 18, which I find dumb. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, but... Um, they could definitely win one of those games. I just really hope it doesn't happen. Because, yeah, the Vikings, yeah, I guess you are right. They are heating up a little bit. Very much what, so. What's up with Josh Dobbs? Like... Pastor who not. is this guy? Who who <laughs> is this guy? Last week, very big game. Who is this guy? He came out of nowhere, though. That's my thing. Like, where has he been ever? He just brought the Vikings back in the playoff race out of nowhere, and he just learned his teammates' names a week ago. Crazy. I don't get it. But yeah, like the Vikings, I could see that. Zach, do you got any? I got the Browns. Actually, they had a big win over the Ravens on Sunday. By two. They won by two, and then the week before that, they beat Cardinals. Like, they had zero points. Cardinals had zero. But Cardinals that, are very That Browns defense, defense is Incredible. one of the top units yeah. in the league, for sure. And that game-winning field goal that falls under the theme that we brought up at the very beginning of this NFL talk, six game-winning field goals. I have all of week. them. Collins got all of them. Broncos, Bills, 
Cardinals, Falcons, Lions, Chargers, Texans, Bengals, Brown, Browns, Ravens, and Seahawks, Commanders. All of those ending game winning field goals. That's history for the NFL. Isn't that the Crazy. most in one week yep. in NFL history? Yep. History. History. Ridiculous. Um, unfortunately, guys, I think that's about all the time we've got today. Tune in on Friday to episode four of Sweet Seats for Colin Ensminger, Rocky Arredondo, and Zach Parts. I'm Aiden Novak. We'll see you all next time.